You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Monday, 16 January. U.S. markets closed today for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. My name is Simon Brown and listening to you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, chatting with Alex Dace, possible investment opportunities from this load shedding that is just uh, grinding everyone down. Uh, Sinisha Pakasami, uh, economist at Momentum, looking at local equity and listed property opportunities. And then we'll be touching on trends in hospitality industry locally. Certainly a good uh, a year, a, a good season. Season, perhaps which counters. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Uh, morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Safety still a concern for Tiger Brands going into 2023. Group says it is determined to restore market and consumer trust by strengthening its control systems. Business Day, Ramaphosa cancels Davos trip as SA battles in darkness. Not sure what he's going to do, but I suppose it is symbolic. Morning markets, US was green, uh, S&P up 0.4%, NASDAQ up 0.7%. Asia is mixed, we've got Sydney up 0.8% and Tokyo down 1%. Commodities mostly green with a bit of flat, we've got gold, 1,928. Brent, 84.78. Platinum, 1,079. Palladium, 1,800. Rand, 16.76. Bitcoin, 21,100. Uh, cent trading up 0.9% in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40, looking for a green open, 400 points to the upside. That's just over half a percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Alex Dace from Thimble Wealth. Alex, appreciate the early morning time. I spent my weekend without power because we had more than just load shedding. We had an outage. But uh, trying to find JC-listed stocks that could potentially benefit from, from, from load shedding. Yeah, ARB would have been great, but of course they've been delisted. I, I look at Raynet, which has got the cable business, but challenges there because we need government to actually sort of step up to the plate. Is, is there anything that, that, that you look at and think, hmm, this, this could perhaps be a, a benefit? Good morning, Simon. Um, yeah, look, certainly, I mean, the load shedding moment has a detrimental impact on economic growth, as well as consumer confidence, mm. and perhaps also, lastly, investment in economy. So, you know, so it certainly is a crisis, but when there are the crisis, there, there seems to be opportunities. <laughs> so let's start off with, with Reynolds. So, yes, there's lots of red tape in a moment which is preventing all the renewable energy projects coming to fruition. As soon as that is out of the way, you can imagine that Renault will be excellently positioned for that potential growth. They've got, of course, two big major businesses in, in Terra Firms, which actually build solar plants. And then you've got also Blue Nova, which supplies the battery or storage components of that. They've entered these businesses since 2017, 2019, and so forth. So mm-hmm. it's been relatively new in them, but they're scaling it up. They've really got quite, um, quite a sizable market share in a commercial and industrial space. I think they are well positioned if the regulatory environment allows them to grow. Another one I think is interesting that's perhaps not on investors' radars is, of course, uh, Mastic. So Mastic mm. is an important distributor of predominantly ICT products, but they also supply lots of solars, panels and uh, inverters and, and batteries and so forth to all the resellers and installers out there in the market. So if you believe that solar, specifically for residential, is going to continue to grow, then someone like a Mastic will probably also benefit from that. 
And then perhaps another option to consider is uh, not a direct option, but I think something like a famous brand mm-hmm. um, with most families unable to cook evenings at six o'clock and so forth. You would imagine there will be a small increase in demand for for takeaways or other types of uh, um, uh, fast food or uh, dining out. And something like a famous brands probably will be a beneficiary of that, but not as direct as what a Rennet or a Mustard would be, in my view. I take your point on that. And, and, and famous brands, and, and it was one I was digging around a, a bit of, and, and, and almost in a sense, I mean, uh, you've almost done it in, in, in terms of, of, of how long this is going to play out. The Rennet, as you say, is going to take time to play through. Mustek, they're probably getting orders already. And of course, famous brands, I mean, you know, someone couldn't make dinner last night and, 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 and went out and had to buy uh, pizzas or, or, or whatever it was from, from one of their stores. They, they're going to play at different speeds very much so I suppose what I'm saying yes without a doubt um, so yeah so investors I think can vision themselves I think there's obviously going to be a theme type of investment theme in South Africa over the scholar medium to long term because mm-hmm. the issues we've got at ESCOM at the moment even if we do the right things today it can take many many years to solve so some of these companies will still be well positioned uh, for that but also the problem with ESCOM of course is the companies that can afford or residentials that can afford to, to move off from ESCOM will do that and that leaves ESCOM with customers that are probably unlikely or can't can't really pay. So that tells you that sustainability over many long terms can be better of an issue. So I think this themes will will play out quite nicely uh, over time if if allowed by government to do so. Yeah, and 100 percent on your point. Everyone who can gets off the grid, and then <laughs> any people who are left on the grid are those who can't or won't uh, actually pay, and it leaves them in a bind. Alex Day, that was excellent. Really appreciate Alex Day from uh, Portfolio Manager Nathumbo Wolf. Appreciate the early morning time. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Standler Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at standler.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Sunisha Pakrasami, uh, economist at Momentum Investments. Sunisha, appreciate the early morning time. Uh, I want to touch off with some global for, before we move local. We saw a good U.S. inflation number for December, six and a half percent in consensus, uh, but but certainly showing the deceleration. Rates probably still rising. Uh, economic slowdown. I mean, it seems almost inevitable. Your take on a potential magnitude of that 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 slowdown, particularly focusing on 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 the U.S. Thanks so much, Simon. So if we look at the U.S. inflation print, it did come out in line with market expectations, but it has also confirmed a deceleration from an earlier peak in U.S. inflation. So this does give the market some comfort in potentially suggesting that the peak in the U.S. interest rate hiking cycle may in fact be on the horizon. Uh, We also believe that central banks globally will also start to discount the potential for much weaker growth outlook and also bear that when they do monetary policy decision making. With regards to the potential for a recession globally, we do see the risk as being much higher for areas like the Eurozone and the United Kingdom, which are are facing Mm. pressing 
energy issues. However, in the U.S. economy, there are a couple of factors that suggest that if we do get a significant slowdown there, uh, we might actually get almost a slightly negative number rather than a very deep protracted recession. Um, And so some of the things that tell us this is, for example, the U.S. consumer. We have U.S. consumer savings, which are still quite high relative to disposable income. U.S. uh, net house hold wealth conditions relative to disposable income uh, quite close to record highs. Um, If you look at the housing market, yes, things are looking a bit softer, but nowhere near to the extent that what we experienced during the global financial crisis. And then once again, financial stability also appears to be a bit more robust than what we experienced in 2008 in terms of banks' capital positions looking a lot healthier. I think those fundamentals will prevent the U.S. economy from slipping into a very deep or protracted recession. And, and the one standout that that uh, is staying with the U.S. is that unemployment number. I mean, it just it it remains it, to me as a as a novice here. It may remain staggeringly strong. It remains extremely strong. And what we would actually need to see in order for wage inflation to start dropping is for those payrolls numbers to start coming off quite significantly and in some cases may even have to turn negative mm. for us to then experience uh, some pressure being lifted off on the wage front. Bringing it local, uh, our local equities had a, had a decent 2022, particularly compared to what we saw in developed markets. I'm thinking S&P, I'm thinking uh, Europe to a degree, uh, UK to a degree. Uh, can we repeat that in, in, in 2023? I mean, is, are, are we positioned uh, equity market for a good year? Quite possibly so. So we do actually see South African equities as having quite an attraction attractive valuation underpin at this point in time relative to its own historical history, but also within the global universe. So if we look at the uh, forward price to earnings ratio, we believe it looks quite attractive, even if we pencil in potential earnings of around 6%. Mm-hmm. We also believe that in the event of a more extreme drawdown on global equities, we can actually have South African equities outperforming. And outperforming even more so when we get that subsequent recovery once the global risk appetite starts to pick up again post that initial dip. Um, We also have some structural benefits built in for the South African equity market. If we look across the global emerging market composite, what we call the GEM funds, Mm -hmm. uh, we'd see that South Africa is the fifth most under-owned market. So again, there's also a structural underpin for South African equities. You know, looking at those valuations, it does appear as if South African equities is already discounting some bad news already. Listed property had a, a horrid pandemic. In fact, I mean, the, the, the index peaked a, a year or two, two, two or three years ahead of the pandemic. Any potential there for, for investors? I mean, the office story still remains, I think, fairly nightmarish and, and negative re- uh, reversions on, on, on rentals. A hundred percent. So I think, you know, when we're looking at the operational metrics within the listed property composite, we have seen an overall improvement, but overall these numbers are still looking worse than where we were prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, We are starting to see some operational improvement in spaces outside of the office sector. Um, So for example, vacancy rates, uh, rental growth and rental reversions are generally showing some sort of improvement outside of the office space. Uh, but again, still worse than what we've experienced prior to the pandemic. 
Um, if we look at some of the, you know, valuations of property values, we've seen that they have actually started to stabilize again outside of the office sector. But broadly speaking, we would say that even though we see potential for return upside in listed property from these relatively undervalued levels, you have to also take it into account against these negative fundamental factors which remain at play. Yeah, uh, opportunity, but 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 risks still there. We'll leave it, leave it there. Uh, Shanisa Pakasami, uh, economist at Momentum Investments, appreciate the early time. And that's our poll today on our LinkedIn and Twitter. A lot of folks I'm chatting to are, are, are bullish on the local market. And maybe we should say uh, 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 cautiously bullish on the local market. What's your view? What, what are you looking for for the JC for this year? What's your take? Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. If seagulls were harder dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with Zizilela Palala, Sector Head Healthcare Construction and Hospitality at ABSA Corporate and Investment Banking. Uh, Zizilela, appreciate the early morning time. Hospitality sector, fair to say that it, it really has moved out of survival mode of the pandemic and, and, and truthfully is, is, is back in, 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 into a, a, a very strong recovery. Absolutely, Simon. Good morning. Um, thanks for having me this morning. So it's been a very positive 2022 in the hospitality sector. What we've observed really, as we've mentioned, is that the sector is no longer in survival mode, which they uh, experienced during the last two years of COVID. But they are, in fact, now in a stronger anticipated um, recovery. So what we've noted really is the performance uh, turning from losses into profit and the uh, operators mainly being able to um, service their long-term um, debt obligations that they were not able to do during the COVID, the height of COVID. Yeah, and, and in many cases, coming out almost, I mean, I want to say stronger, I mean, the, the, the leisure activity back, getting back to pre-pandemic. Um, example, Sun International paying its first dividend in, in, in six years. I mean, it hadn't paid a dividend long before, stopped paying long before the pandemic. Um, and, and coming out, I want to say, almost guns blazing as a, as a better looking and, and stronger positioned business. Absolutely, um, Simon. So what the pandemic really uh, offered the operators in the sector is an opportunity to really cut their cost structures and also focus on reducing their balance, their debt, uh, thereby strengthening their balance sheets. So what we're seeing with Sun International is exactly that. They're able to um, dispose of non-core assets and use that uh, put those proceeds to reduce their cash and also relook at their stru- cost structuring to be able to operate in a more efficient way and thereby being able to now pay their first dividends mm. in Six years, yeah. Uh, hotels themselves, they, they, they're lagging a bit. There are a couple of hotel operators on, on, on the JSC. Uh, you make the point that they're at about 70% of, of pre-COVID levels, um, but but should recover. I mean, I, I remember from the, the City Lodge update late last year, um, the, sort of their November month was probably uh, back at pre-pandemic. Um, yeah, so what you, you're seeing with hotels, um, uh, especially the players that are pure hotels and do not have any diversification in their revenue streams, is that the recovery is lagging those that have a diversified streams into the likes of gaming, such as Sun International. Mm-hmm. 
So what we're expecting is the recovery to come either this year, 2023 or 2024. And that's because they are impacted by international travel in inbound into South Africa. And we're expecting to see um, the full international travelers back into SA by 2024. And so as you mentioned, City Lodge, they, they've also ex- disposed of non-core, the yep. East African assets, and um, they are doing much stronger, I think, focusing on the leisure uh, offering as well as the food and beverage that they previously did not really, uh, was not really their strength. And so what we're seeing is that Albi is it, lagging, it is strong, and I expect that they had a stronger December uh, in terms of the hotel operators, given that this is the first December that was not overshadowed by uh, COVID variants or restrictions on international travel. You're mentioning international, and, and, and you know, we, we, we do get a, 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 a quote of international. What about African continental free trade area? Is that something that could potentially give our, 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 our tourism sector, our leisure sector, and I'm thinking you know, it, it might be business people coming, coming into South Africa and, and staying in our hotels. Is that potentially going to benefit us um, as as, as it rolls through? Yes, um, we believe that it will benefit us. As you know, today, intra-African travel makes up the largest component of inbound travel into South Africa. And this is mainly from the low-income uh, countries such as Lesotho, Zimbabwe, and mm. Mozambique. And of course, we can't compare in terms of what they bring into the country to the likes of US and uh, Europe, which are uh, secondary in terms of inbound. And so with the African continental free trade area, whose main mandate really is to eliminate uh, trade barriers and boost intra-Africa trade. We're expecting to see a higher foreign direct investment into the continent, according to the World Bank. And this will ultimately lead to increased economic activity in Africa and increased household income that potentially could be spent on the hospitality sector. And this is both from a leisure perspective, and I think you mentioned quite correctly, as well as from a business um, leisure as well. Uh, a quick last question: Digital nomads, which is something which predates the pandemic, but obviously is is now you know, post the pandemic and, and and the work from home gaining traction. Is that something that 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 we are catering for as a country? And I'm thinking, frankly, it could be uh, international and foreign, but also maybe even even uh, uh, local travellers. You maybe want to go and spend a summer in the Cape, rather than, uh, sorry, a winter in, the, in in Durban, rather than a cold Joburg. Yes, yes. And said it does predate the pandemic, but the pandemic actually heightened this uh, trend. So what we've seen with employers adopting the hybrid working model is that there's been a lot more um, of digital nomads, which has strongly supported the domestic tourism sector in South Africa, especially during the restrictions from uh, that we had uh, international from international travelers. So what we're seeing is that that trend, we believe, is going to continue, and the operators have adapted and ensured that they have dedicated workspaces on their properties to ensure that they take advantage of that trend. And other things that they... Uh, have done is ensure that there's stronger um, uh, connections such as Wi-Fi to ensure mm-hmm. that the digital nomad is able to work away from the office we'll leave without it there. any disruptions. Yeah. 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 Thanks very much. We'll leave it there. This is a little Polala uh, from ABSA CIB. Appreciate the early morning time. That's it for today. We were chatting with uh, Fima Dia from Momentum Securities on Friday about food retailers, food inflation um, expected to drop. Uh, ShopRite, a great start to the year. We asked what your preferred retailer was. Over half of you said ShopRite. The rest was split. Uh, pick and pay, spa, some of you didn't like at all. Um, and a lot of votes also folks saying, hey, also what about some woolies? Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn.
This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning. The MoneyWeb website's in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobokle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Companies that build other companies. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.